Here we go. I'm here. It's Monday the 15th. 15th all day. 15th of August, all day. All day. 2022. I'm here with Ray Poteet at the Living Wealth Office. And I was just thinking it's been too long since Ray and I sent out a podcast to y'all just to say hi. And also, most importantly, to share what's been going on with us and what we've been doing with banking and in life and so forth. So, Ray, what is been happening recently or what's been going on in your mind recently with cash flow and banking? Have you seen anything about money that kind of struck you in a new way or anything about banking that struck you in a new way? Uh, <clears throat> just inflation. Just uh, move the dollars as fast as you can now because they're more valuable today. You move them than in waiting. Yeah, I think that's important. Don't be sitting on a lot of paper cash. What I mean by that, people have a tendency to keep uh, cash, yes, bills around their house or something just in case of emergency. I would say get it into your policy at least, earn the interest on it, pay off loans, whatever you have to do, but don't keep a lot of paper cash around. Right now, that's the only thing I've noticed. And the way you beat inflation is have more money, and you have more money by putting it in the end of policies. It's a lot more. No, you win this game by little steps at a time to, in other words, Vince uh, Lombardi used to say it's, and it's still true today, 80% of the football games are won in the last three minutes. Wow. And yeah. Even that's true today, that that's going on yeah so i would say uh it's easier to score when you're on your 10 yard line rather than uh, the opponent's 10 yard line they have to go 90 yards rather than 10. yes so yeah just, just be prepared and stay active in what god's shown you up to this point i heard tony robbins say something on a podcast recently i wanted to bounce it off you and see what you thought it was just a number or a couple numbers that he shared that I hadn't looked at it that way. And it really blew me away. So he said, if you have a hundred thousand dollars, then you lose 50%. Most people think you need to gain 50% to get back to the hundred thousand, but you don't, you need to gain a hundred percent. So if you have a hundred thousand and you lose 50,000, that was a 50% lost. You need a hundred percent gain just to get back to where you were at a hundred thousand. And he was saying it was the principle that he calls never lose money or that like Warren Buffett and Robert Kiyosaki and Bill Gates and others are obsessed with never losing money because the loss is so hard to replace. What is your reaction to that idea or that concept? Well, if he used a life insurance policy, it would automatically come back. So I don't, I don't think about that much. I'm not a big Tony Robbins fan, so I'd rather not comment because I listen to people that I can gain a totalness from. And if it's just one area rather than marriage, spiritually, physically, and various things, mm. I really don't listen to too many people that only are strong in certain areas. Interesting. What I, I wanted to bounce this off you too. When I heard that from him, I thought, I immediately heard you saying, well, education is expensive. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying never lose money. 
And I saw that as one edge of a two-edged sword, the other one edge being like never lose money and the other edge being like, well, but if you lost money, you might have learned something really valuable. And I think that's true of everyone that you through your losses and your mistakes, you learn a lot quicker. Yeah. You know, that's not a, a react. In other words, I lost money because of a poor choice and not due diligence in an investment, but because I had borrowed that money from my policy, <clears throat> I was able to recapture it over a period of time. Yeah. And so I didn't have to go gain a hundred percent. And we have a whole series on that. What is average? In other words, you can take that and look at 20%, 20% or hundred percent and various things. When you lose what you have to do to make it up. And that's why we say the actual rate of return is much more important than the average rate of return. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is amazing how you could make an investment with your policy and lose it all in the investment, but the policy would recapture the money right. and you could manage that and, yes. and gain yeah. that. And that's, that's, well, that's stupendous. I mean, that just protects your downside, right? It does. And that's why currently I encourage never spending money that it hasn't come out of a policy unless you know that you're not a the policy isn't large enough you haven't built your banks that big i'm not opposed to borrowing money i'm not saying that uh, but as time goes yeah you should use third-party borrowers less and less yeah as as your banking as your private banking system matures or as you mature there and there might be situations in other words it's i know no one personally that has gotten wealthy without borrowing money mm. so i don't know did so, the jews borrow a lot of money the jews were actually the lenders created because of not being able to work with it so but jews have borrowed a lot of money cvs drug stores the largest drugstore was they they use capital but i i would take other godly places god doesn't say it's wrong to borrow money yeah amen he says it's wrong to charge usury yeah okay now what is that today i would say that's probably in the 13 or 14 percent rate or even maybe higher because of the rate the inflation is you've got to protect your capital yeah so you need a higher rate of return with the way inflation is but that's raised thinking well you know? wait a minute that that was a pretty you went through that pretty quick explain that a little more about i think that idea now i've heard that you've talked about the idea of usury before and how it relates to current inflation but explain that again because i think that they would really like to hear about that our listeners would our our friends out there would really like to hear well about that. if you Currently, they say inflation is right at 10%. I think it's probably closer to 15 or 18%. All you have to do, I, I can tell you that the drink I buy at uh, Quick Trip now is 44% higher than it was a year ago. Okay. Yes. And that's just over a year. So that's the way more than 9 or 10% or what the government wants to use. So if I loan money 
then people say, well, that's a ridiculous rate at 10% and inflation is really truly 15 or 16. I've lost, I've lost value of the money. Yeah. Yes, I've got a rate of return, but it's not as valuable as the money I loan. Yeah. That's why I think interest rates are okay to charge and to do it so that the amount of money, when God said not to do it, a, a gold piece was worth the gold piece was worth the gold piece. Yes. Uh, even right now, gold is not keeping up with inflation. It's not moving the way it should. There's, it seems strange something's going on. So has, has this type of inflation, to your knowledge, been the norm in countries in the past with currencies or is it? unusual in other words have there been big empires countries you could think of russia china the british empire united states where they had a currency that wasn't being inflated all the time like this or well it's really strange and rabbi lapin talks about it britain went 108 years with no inflation wow okay and what they did and it's very interesting other words you could bring your money in and trade it for gold so when the people were coming in and trading their gold uh their money for gold they quit printing and then what they needed was money because wealth expands just like if you do work on various things your wealth expands and he talks about his the peddler that came and bought the table for ten dollars from a couple that was going to give it a uh, have the municipality pick it up and pay them ten. Well, with him giving them ten and them not paying, they were twenty dollars ahead. Then he went down to the hardware store, got some paint and screws, tightened up a leg, painted it, and then went around and sold that table for thirty dollars to a family that was going to spend $45. Yeah, so they yeah. were 15. So that is wealth creation. That's creating yes. wealth. Yes. And so the people, when they needed money now to pay for the labor and the wealth, they started bringing gold back in to get dollars. Yes. And so they just can, then they started up the presses. And when it changed, they did that and they controlled inflation not with computers or technology or anything, because they didn't have that from 1800 to 1908. Yeah. Yet they controlled inflation. Yeah. That that simple way. Yeah. So what I you think, and that's why I said I wouldn't have paper money sitting very long right now, just because of the inflation rate, I would spend it, use it, get it into into policies and I'm talking large I'm not talking three hundred dollars or four I'm talking twenty thirty forty thousand which I used to keep in cash and I don't know why it was just an obscenity you know a, a, a desire I had and I found out the the foolishness in it but it took me a while yeah so I would say today if inflation if someone can buy and they're saying, well, the rates on real estate has gone up. No, the, no, it hasn't. The value of the dollars went down. Mm. That's what's really happened. Yeah, so yeah. It, yeah, you might pay more. If you don't think it's worth it, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you see into me to continue to flesh this out. I'll let everybody. When you say I keep cash reserves or around, I keep a cash reserve, but it's always in my policy. 
I don't, not somewhere else. So for me, 20 or 30 grand in my policy, I don't like it when it gets lower than that, just because I like to have an emergency fund. But I, again, I keep it in my policy, not sitting in a bank or in a duffel bag in the house or whatever. Is that is that a good practice or and, and maybe just tell me what you see when you hear that from me or if I were a client or I, I, I am a student sitting here right now, a student of yours. No, I see no problem with that. I'm just, <clears throat> there are certain deals uh, and I don't come across so many like I used to uh, where cash was important. I don't think it's nearly as important. So where wealth has to reside somewhere. So if it resides in the policy, that's, and if you call that your reserve account, I see no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. You know, and the amount of it, I think that changes uh, because of what you're doing, how you're doing it uh, as you mature and grow. And some people are totally comfortable with that amount of a reserve. Some are comfortable with less. Each person God deals with individually. And I've grown tremendously from watching one of my daughters who doesn't ever worry about her reserve or anything because of her dependence on the Lord. And I, that's just been mm. real strength to me because wow. even if you, God says, I'm, <clears throat> he'd never for, uh, forget, forgets the righteous and he's never seen their children begging for bread. Yeah. I believe that. I, I believe that. And I do too. So, I do you too. know, hoarding or not necessarily hoarding, but believing that we're going to have starvation or we need to have food supply. I believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to you. You need to listen. In other words, mm. God doesn't yell like uh, I, what I'm thinking of as a parent, when they really want their kids' attention, it's amazing how their voice goes up, you know. And I can remember when my mom would say, Raymond C., that meant, you better get your ass up, okay? <laughs> uh, just Ray didn't really affect me. But Raymond C., and her yelling, I, I knew that was, she was at the limit. Yeah. And so uh, God just wants us to uh, hear his voice, not audibly, but in our spirit, be in tune with his spirit, because he's a daddy that cares about us, protects us, and warns us all the time. And it's not, it, he didn't move, we did. So if we don't hear him, it's because of our, where we're at, where mm. our spirit is at, because it's on the same station it was. It's just we we move stations like on a radio or something. Yeah. On a different chapter or whatever. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad the conversation turned that direction because back at the beginning of the conversation when you said, I don't want to listen to too much to people who don't have a total perspective or have a total. I know that banking is from God, infinite banking, privatized banking for me. Right. It's the number one reason I'm doing it. What, what I'm 
meant by that there are a lot of gurus out there yeah and they're really good like let's say whether it's money or this or that or or self-help uh i'm just thinking of an individual that was a dynamite chiropractor yeah but he had been through two divorces so the lord just shared with me what can i learn from it yeah i can learn maybe something about chiropractic but i want to be a total person i want to be uh spiritual physical emotional all aspects and if all they want to do is teach me about one area this money which is a tool to be used and is not a god yes but can't why should I listen to them about marriage? A good example, Bill Gates, a tremendous wealth and everything, divorced. Why do I want to listen to him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or, you know, Warren Buffett, who has got a woman he's not even married with. Yeah, they got tremendous wealth, but, you know, what? Um, eternity is a long time. And we're looking at this very small <laughs> picture, seeing where they're at. When you compare it to what we will have, they'll be not important because of, and yet we, we've allowed the world right into our spiritual lives and said, well, that's what matters. Mm -hmm. God can use these tools of wealth and various things for his glory. We can use them for our own self-satisfaction or for his glory. And it's easy to many times to use it for self and not even give God the credit that he mm. gave us the ability to earn it or have it. Mm. And uh, I fail in that area way too much. So that's why I say education is expensive and you can learn from it. Uh, expensive in the emotions you have and the, uh, spiritual insights you have or don't have. Uh, has a lot to do with how who are you listening to yeah what words are being well, yeah, yeah. And, and where are you getting your knowledge and yeah. a lot of people say well i need to listen to so and so and i need to listen to so and so and, and as a person said if you're not listening to the creator and the sustainer of the universe i think you're listening to the wrong person yeah personally yeah and robert morris was saying pastor robert was saying um he said if you get prideful just go into the presence of the creator and the sustainer of the universe for a while i promise you you'll feel a lot smaller about yourself <laughs> because he's bigger and what he was saying is god's vision god has a dream for your life and his dream and his vision and his destiny for you is bigger and better than yours is for yourself. And he said, now I could back that up with a hundred scriptures, but I'll just back it up with a basic fact and said, he said, God's vision and dream and destiny for you is bigger than yours because God is bigger than and better than you are. Mm -hmm. And that's just a simple fact. And I loved that. And that's why I said, I love that this conversation has taken that direction because it's like, I have picked up from you a lot about just how good God is. And he is so much right sitting here right there today, August 15th, 2022. 
I am more aware of how God, how good God is today than I've ever been. And I'm really thankful for that because I'm it, that because I'll give you an example in the kingdom of God, God gives us tests. He tests us. It's like being in school. You study, you take the test, you study, you take the test. And I've learned God doesn't give us A's or B's or C's or D's or F's. And he doesn't fail ever. He doesn't fail us ever. There's two scores with God. You passed or you retake. And there's no limit on the number of times you can retake. Now you've said, and I agree with you, I don't like to retake. I like to pass. (laughs) But, But that is so good. And that's what a good father does. He doesn't fail his children. He doesn't condemn and, and speak death and failure over his children. He enables them to pursue the good, to either pass the test. And the funny thing is, too, there's you can pass at different levels. And so I've come to understand God can give you a test and you can pass it. But in the future, he might give it to you again so you can pass it again at a higher level so that you can mature even more and grow more in contact with him. And so it's so true about, well, do I keep a cash reserve or not? Or do I make this investment or not? God will tell us and he'll, he can speak into those things rather than me doing my mental gymnastics and try to overthink it and figure it out ahead of time. There's so many things with money that I feel the freedom to just do or not do just because I know God is good. Well, the mind is an amazing thing. God created the brain to think and do things. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, you may think of something's impossible or really tough, or you don't know how to do it. And within two or three days, you figured out a way to make it happen. <laughs> and that's God at work. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's trying to show you trust him how he created you in his image and if it's something you're supposed to do you can't you have to be very careful though satan wants to trap you and get you into thinking of self and glorifying you you're trying to become god and you're not god You're, you're here to serve god yeah and i i struggle and i do that and Praise God for the men in my life that have pointed things out to help me pass a few tests. And I'll have a few more, I know, before the Lord takes me home. But I'm not worried. I'm I'm looking forward to those tests yeah. to, be, to grow and mature, to be more Christ-like daily. That's what he did to Joseph. He gave him a dream and that was a pride test. And then he got thrown in the pit, the pit test. And he was tested in Potiphar's palace. And then he was tested in prison and then and became the second richest man in the world. Not bad. That's pretty rich. (laughs) Yeah. So just to, and the other thing in a little tidbit, I thought was so cool about that story. I didn't realize that the 12 tribes of Israel came from four different women. I hadn't thought about it either until you pointed that out. So. It's Rachel and Leah, and then the two women, I can't remember their names. It was Leah's, 
Armadillo and Nell or something. Yeah, like they're they're, they're concubines or not their or not their their maid their maid servants. Yeah, but the two children of Rachel were Benjamin and Joseph. Right. So, but. Well, Ray, I really appreciate this. I love you, man. I love you. We'll look forward to the next time. Yep. Just uh, just remember, if you follow the herd, you will be slaughtered. Absolute every time. <laughs> so it's like Josh Pretzer says, the high road is tough, but the traffic is usually light. <laughs> Amen. I like that. Good. Take care.